some of the early events we went to in, in the U.S. market, and we, we talked to folks and, and told them about how we could help them manage fixed fees or move to more value pricing. And, you know, people kind of looked at us like we were crazy sometimes. But, you know, I think it's, there's change and, and change has, has taken place, um, you know, within the profession over the last few years, which is good. The FAS Evolution podcast is for CPA accountants and bookkeepers. Again, I'm not a CPA or an accountant, but man, I have learned a lot. And this podcast hopefully will help you, the CPA, the accountant, move from a transactional mindset to more of a progressive forward-looking mindset. Our goal here is to be an extension of our customer's management team. I hope we can help you get there. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is a new episode of the FAS Evolution. I'm Dan Gertrudes, and this is hosted by Growth Lab. Today, I have a special guest, Ryan Embry. So Ryan, I met him, I want to say about six or seven years ago. He's the head of partnerships at Ignition. And Ignition is the world's first client engagement and commerce platform. Ryan has held many positions at Ignition before assuming his current role, including being a territory and general manager. I even think Ryan interned there many years ago. He graduated from the University of Michigan School of Business and went on to work for Ignition, where he helps accounting firms utilize new technology, especially moving them from the world of billing by the hour to monthly fixed fees. So, Ignition, the world's first client engagement and commerce platform for professional service businesses to streamline how they engage clients and get paid. Over 5,000 accounting and professional service firms around the world use Ignition to win new business with impressive digital proposals, engage clients with a clear scope of work, and get paid on time by automating the payment collection. Ignition also integrates with leading businesses such as Gusto, QuickBooks, Xero, and Zapier to automate time-consuming tasks. We here at Growth Lab use some of those tools, and we love how Ignition integrates with those apps. Now let's talk to Ryan. All right, Ryan. Appreciate you coming on. And the name of the new company, or the name of the old company, is now Ignition, the former Practice Ignition. And uh, I got to tell you, the old company, Practice Ignition, we were always big fans. <laughs> It took us a while to get on the uh, platform, but we are stoked. I'll tell you, Ryan, like when I talk about what is our core tech stack to run this business, it is HubSpot, it is Ignition, and of course, Carbon. So those are like when we when I talk to accountants, those are the three things that run our business here at Growth Lab Finance. So Ryan... Talk to us a little bit about Ignition. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, yeah, I was actually looking looking back this morning, and I think you, you've been a customer since 2016. So hopefully we'll get some uh, some stories of, of how you've used Ignition over the years. Ignition's a client engagement and commerce platform built for uh, accounts and bookkeepers. It streamlines the way that you engage your clients and get paid for your services. So hopefully you can run your business on autopilot and you know focus on things like your clients instead of admin. There are these tools, these core tools, and I'm sure there are others, uh, other peers uh, to Ignition, but um, it kind of brings me back to a conversation that uh, our friend Ian over at Carbon 
uh, always tells us, he's like, I still remember the day I met you and Stephen Byler. And Stephen turned to me and said, so what am I buying with carbon outside of like a checklist? And Ian will still bust my chops and say, you know, from that day, I'll never forget. Like, yeah, you're right. It was just a checklist back then. Um, and that kind of brings me back to when I first was introduced to Ignition. Our business model was very different. And you guys were paving the path for practice owners, specifically accountants, bookkeepers, CPAs at the time. And I know you've expanded beyond that uh, more recently. You were paving the path to push owners and practice managers to think about their revenue model very differently. And I guess eight years ago when we first met, it was always like, well, how do we use this? Like we don't, our customers are still hourly billable customers. How do we, you know, how do we take advantage? Now, obviously you've got all the bells and whistles now for billing, but back then it was more like, guys, just get your asses onto a monthly fixed pricing scheme. And we're like, well, yeah, that's great. You know, that, that's a great idea. But, you know, I got to convince 150 customers to do that. And so, yeah, you guys were pivotal. We appreciate it very much, right? To the point where I think one of you, one of your team members approached us and says, hey, would you like to uh, prepay for a subscription for like three years? And we're like, you know, if you had asked me that 18 months ago, I said, you're out, of, you're out of your mind. And then we were like, yeah, of course. Like, we would never let you guys go. Awesome. Anyways, long-winded story. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, even thinking about, you know, moving to that recurring revenue model, um, I think our founder guy started his firm, you know, a while back in 2009 with, with kind of that idea in mind. Um, but I can recall, you know, some of the early events we went to in, in the U.S. market and we, we talked to folks and, and told them about how we could help them manage fixed fees or move to more value pricing. And, you know, people kind of looked at us like we were crazy sometimes, but you know, I think it's, there's change and, and change has, has taken place, um, you know, within the profession over the last few years, which is good. Uh, folks like yourself and Stephen kind of have, have taken a traditional business and, and modernized it and changed the billing model, introduced higher level of services. So, uh, yeah, it's been awesome to sit in the, the passenger seat to kind of to watch as, uh, you know, we've seen this uh, evolution of a lot of firms accountants who are looking to move away from the more mercenary style billable hour to being an embedded uh, resource and embedded function in their customers uh, through that mix of fixed monthly fee through uh, thinking th thoroughly around the scoping of the services. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more at scale now. I'm not sure how we would survive today with the low overhead that we have, how would we survive managing the, the amount of customers we have, the diverse customers we have, getting those engagements out there, making sure that they are accurate, current, and also the collections piece and the integration with the, the uh, general ledger, like you just make our lives easy. And I, I'm not just even blowing smoke here. Like it's, I, I just don't know how we would do it. I, I can't even imagine going back to the old days of like invoicing every week or every two weeks. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's a mindset shift. It's a, it's a process shift. I mean, I think when we see folks that sign up to Ignition, it's, it's generally, yeah, it's, it's not like they were using one other solution. It was three to four other different solutions, different processes, different people involved. So, um, you know, the transition isn't always overnight as a, you know, I think, you know, I'd love to hear about how, how you got started with Ignition and until you fully ramped and, and got going. But um, yeah, it's usually just not turn one thing off, turn another thing on. It's it's really kind of changing no, um, not only the, the systems and processes, but even even things like the billing model as well. Yeah, it's transformational, right? It's change management because when you're changing something that is front end to your customers, because Ignition interacts directly with it, with our customers, both on the onboarding and the scoping, the engagement agreements, and then on a monthly recurring basis. Like we're really de-risking our business in one sense, but in another sense, we're putting all our eggs in your basket. And that is scary, right? Whereas I can have somebody internally uh, produce the invoices, do the collection calls, run the debit cards, the credit cards, the ACHs, ensuring that the AR is managed, ensuring that the engagement agreements are correct. You can you can throw bodies at that function, but to actually like to walk away from that and use a system like Ignition, um, it is a little bit of a leap of faith especially for companies that have yet to embrace technology. Definitely. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's something we've always been, been focused on too, is, you know, building the trust as, you know, we're, you're, you're putting the trust in us to, to run your business. So making sure we can have that, that mutual trust and, and, you know, be there to help you to get going. I think that's been another thing for us is always focusing on, you know, we succeed when you succeed. So if we can help you and handhold you through getting started, uh, help you get your first few engagements out, transfer your clients over, uh, you know, ultimately it's going to be a better experience for both of us. Yeah. And I, I definitely want to explore and dig deeper into how to help those practice owners that are still in a manual world and have not shifted to a recurring service how we can help all too often, as you know, being in the software world, uh, software is like the silver bullet. And that's, that's really not true, right? Uh, there is a lot that has to go into it. We talked about change management. We had, we talked about changing the business model at times. And then on the flip side, because once you do turn on that light, whether it is an ignition and or car or a carbon type or even HubSpot, right? How many times do small businesses sign up for HubSpot for $499 a month thinking that the next day they're going to get a thousand inbound leads? It just doesn't happen. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen. It, 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 is a, it is a tool that enables you to achieve those goals faster, but the ramp up is painful. And so I feel like you guys have always been proactive with providing templates, simplifying the templates. And some of your templates, I believe you produce in conjunction with other service providers like Gusto um, and, and other sort of finance planning uh, tools that are out there. But the the templates and the engagement agreements really force really force practice owners 
to scope out what they do, how they do it, when they do it, and how much it's going to cost. And I think that is that is very powerful because I always say, Ryan, the the time, the billable hour is really putting the onus of managing the gross margin on the customer. In other words, it could take three hours or it could take 10 hours. To me, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to make the same amount of gross margin. You may eat into my capacity a little bit more, but I'm still going to make the same amount of gross margin. But when you move over to a monthly fixed fee, the challenge for the practice owner is you have to manage the gross margin because you have to ensure that your people, your team are using the right technology to achieve those gross margins that you need. Or you have to go back to the customer and reprice the deal. So... Talk to us a little bit about taking a small practice and moving them to ignition. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the first thing that I think a lot of firms traditionally don't think about is what is it? what are all the different services they offer? What's included in those services? What's not included in those services? Um, you know, speaking of time costs, I think, you know, most firms in the U.S. specifically are, are probably pretty tax heavy. I know you guys come at, came at it from a different angle. Um, but you know, a lot of firms just think about, um, you know, the time it takes them to complete a tax return for a client. And they think of that as the service, the product, um, I think with ignition, it, it kind of shifts it where you can package services together. You can bundle services into a fixed fee. Um, but then mm -hmm. also you have to not only think about how you explain your services internally. So you think about what you need to, to complete that service but how you communicate right. that externally to your clients, how you get them to understand what the service is. Um, I think often when firms get going, they, they might try to use a little too much accounting jargon perhaps in their services or descriptions, but you ultimately you're working with small business owners. They're coming to you because they need help with the finance and accounting. So how can you kind of explain it in terms that they're gonna understand and they're gonna see the value? Um, so you spoke a bit about templates. I think that's been something that you know, initially with Ignition, uh, many years ago when you probably signed up, we didn't have many templates in there to begin with. Uh, you know, you probably had to, to suffer through that perhaps. Or, you know, I'm sure you guys did that exercise on your own, but coming up with those. Um, now what we try to do is provide you with a lot more templates around common services we see offered. So give you some best practice templates to use to begin with. Obviously, you can tweak and modify yeah. them as you see fit. Um, but, you know, ultimately, we want you to start being able to engage your clients with that ignition. And if coming up with descriptions of your services or coming up with a proposal template's a barrier, then hopefully we can, you know, eliminate that for you. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, not that this is like best practice, but Steve and I, you know, we're a little like strategy geeks um, and we enjoy over trivializing things because it, it really allows us to peel back and understand like what is the big why the most painful and this is not a negative thing the most painful thing that happened to us when we were onboarding or being onboarded with ignition was developing the scope of services it was grueling we had some of our most difficult conversations and arguments around the scoping of those engagement agreements because it, it like you said it not to repeat what you said but it's like it's twofold right it's partly communicating to the team hey this is what we're going to do for this customer 
And anything outside of this is outside of scope and requires us to have an additional conversation. And thank God we have a customer success team. They take care of that. Don't make that your problem. And don't just do it because the customer is asking. On the flip side, it's the customer facing thing, communicating what is it that we're going to do in not what, while not using accounting jargon, right? What is it that you're getting out of this? So that journey, that challenge, that was the first step for at least our company to begin to productize our services. Oh, moving away from you are buying time to, hey, you are buying a product. It just happens to be human capital. It happens to be delivered on a silver platter every month, you know, but it forced us to start thinking about what we do and how we do it from a product mentality. And that was great because ultimately now we can scale like all of that hard work. It now has positioned us to be able to scale and now we can just bang out engagement agreements without thinking twice, right? We don't have to like repeat. We don't have to explain, right? We're really just changing a few variables. And that to me was a pivotal moment in our company. And yeah, I would say there's always, there's always going to be like a handful of pivotal moments, but I, I would say our ability to articulate, this is what you, the customer are going to get. And hey team, this is what we're going to do for the customer. Yep. And I think also not creating that disconnect too, I think between the, the sales and the, the service arm of, of your business. I know, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're involved in, in much of either of those still, um, but, you know, making sure that the, the person that's selling the service um, and the person that's uh, going to be providing the service from your team are on the same page on, on what was sold and what's going to be done. So, yeah, I think you hit that one on the nail on the head there. So I'll also add this, like, um, sale, we call it RevOps. So RevOps, customer success, and customer onboarding, they work hand in hand. And customer success and on our team is really, they are the owner of Ignition, right? RevOps and marketing owns HubSpot. Nice. Customer onboarding owns Carbon, right? Yeah. So that, but all three use all three systems. It's just one is the champion, the owner, the sponsor of that uh, tool. At least that's how we've designed it here, because that is allowing us to scale faster without missing a beat, right? Love it. I, uh, I've i come across a couple other firms that use that term customer success in, uh, in you know, accounting services businesses. I think it's, uh, you know, if, if you aren't thinking about it today as a firm owner, yeah, you should be, you should you should talk to folks like Dan and Steven to see how they set up customer success. Cause ultimately, you know, you, you're going to make the impression of the client when you onboard them, you want to retain them, you want to upsell them on new services, raise their fees over, over time. So if your customers aren't happy from the beginning, uh, it's going to be a, a tough go. Yeah. Customer success in our business is sort of the connective tissue. And we, we started this a few years ago because we had, we, we actually had a few customers, but one actually articulated this way. You know something, Dan? Dealing with Growth Lab is like dealing with a black box. I don't know who to go to when I need something. And I was like, holy crap, what do you mean you don't know? Well, yeah, first of all, I don't want you to come to me for everything, right? Uh, and I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, as you as you grow and you have more, even though the, even though the, the teams, the divisions kind of communicate because let's face it, we're all the we are the finance team, and within the finance team, we provide everything from the bookkeeping and accounting to the FP&A, to the CFO, to the tax. 
But when you start thinking about it, like we almost have 40 people on, like we're going to have almost 40 team members by the end of March. And we're doing a lot for a lot of different customers. And so customer success helps it keep it all together because customer success is also like the lifeline for the customer. Ignition, you described as world's first client engagement and commerce platform for professional services businesses. Now you've obviously expanded beyond the accounting and bookkeeping. And it's a conversation I think we've had over, at least for the last three years, we've always talked about it because I've tried to get other service professional service businesses uh, to use your platform. Um, you have over 5,000 accounting and professional service firms uh, around the world. So that's impressive, right? We're not talking just stateside. Your addressable market is huge then, huge. Yes, it's in the, the hundreds of thousands, I would say. If you look at, uh, you know, we're really focused in on the, the small to medium-sized accounting firm. Um, but, you know, all around the world in our core geos, there's, there's upwards of, I think, 300 to 400,000 firms. And, of course, you're focused on integrating with other business apps like the Gustos, the QuickBooks, Xero, and Zapier. Zapier is something you've connected with for many years. How successful do you? How successful is it? And do you find a lot of firms using no-code, low-code applications to connect uh, ignition to other data data sources, data needs? Yeah, I would say you know not every customer uses something like a Zapier. I think there's also a, a you know a bit of a learning. I know Zapier makes it quite easy with with some of their templates, but I think it's you know if a firm is never if they're not using many different cloud applications in their practice uh, tech stack, you know, they're probably not looking to connect too many data sources together. Um, but Zapier has been, you know, a really good way for us to connect into other business critical apps that, you know, accountants and tax professionals are using to run their firm. And uh, I think people have really been able to, to kind of geek out on custom workflows. I'm sure you and your team have, have built some cool zaps over the years. I think it's always fun for our team to, to kind of see under the hood and, and see what our customers have set up to, you know, ultimately yeah. surface up notifications, push data from one place to another, um, and, and, you know, ultimately just avoid, you know, manual tasks. Talk to me a little bit about how you guys are seeing business development and what is what can Ignition do to help ramp up revenue for our peers? I think from our side, um, you know, ultimately one, one feature we released uh, our functionality within the last couple of years, which we've seen a lot of firms uh, be successful with is the ability to present multiple different proposal options. Uh, so I think a lot of firms want to be able to present their clients with some sort of choice. Um, you know, how you structure those proposal options, it's up to you. But I think you know, not everyone is a expert in sales. Um, so I think when we see firms really spend the time to understand their sales process, you know, you've clearly articulated it through your RevOps team, but, you know, understanding your sales process, structuring it, looking at scripts, having a process from when you get a lead in the door to how you follow up. Um, you know, you mentioned with your, your candidate, you followed up within 24 hours. I'm sure you probably follow up even quicker when you have a a uh, new potential client, um, you know, looking at ways that you filter them out. So maybe you're using things like um, forms or surveys in the beginning. And then hopefully if it's a right fit, um, you know, Ignition is going to really start to kick off that relationship. So you're ready to to package price and deliver that proposal off to the client and, and kick off that relationship. But yeah, I think, yeah. you know, you can't just sign into Ignition and, and there's a new customer waiting for you. I think there's a lot of, you know, you have to 
identify who you're going after. You have to figure out how they're, you're going to get them in the door um, and then ultimately how you're going to close them. Uh, so yeah, I, I hope we are supporting in, in different ways throughout that process uh, to hopefully make it a little bit easier, save you a little bit of time and, and make it a little less painful and make it fun. Yeah. There was a time where Ignition had um, webhooks, I believe it yep. was, uh, or Web Connect. Um, is there is there any intent or expectations to continue to develop that piece of it where our peers or your customers could essentially plug a form, uh, plug a pricing table in, onto their website? Yes. Yeah, so the, the Web Connectors originally launched that quite a while ago, but that functionality yeah. still does exist. But um, I think longer term, yeah, we'll, we do want to be able to capitalize on that. So perhaps it's embedding a proposal into to your website or other places so we can ultimately make that that sign up process pretty seamless. So your customer can right. come in, you know, it's a good fit. And then it's, you know, click, click, click and paid, hopefully. So um, yeah, that's definitely something we're, we're consciously thinking of. I think it's what we've realized with that, um, you know, the web connector was originally built. Um, our founder guy, you know, wanted to run that in his firm, uh, wanted to have his pricing embedded on his website. Uh, and then I think we, we did receive quite a bit of pushback um, early on where firms said, hey, I don't want to list pricing on my website or, hey, this is not for mm -hmm. me. So I think what we've learned over the years is when we're building new functionality, like how do we make it to fit? everybody's process because everyone's different. Everyone likes to present their services differently. Everyone's sales process right. is different. So how do we build a solution that can work for many different processes where we don't have to say, this is the way you do it. We can allow them to have um, different options. Right. And so as you look out 12, 24 months, what are some of the, what are some of the uh, cool stuff that we can expect from ignition, especially for the accounting industry? Yeah, I think um, a couple things working on is first is making it easier to get going. So you mentioned templates, but I think that's something that we're, we're really trying to lean into this year is so when you sign up, how can we deliver value as quick as possible? So really cut down the time it takes for you to get your first proposal out the door. So so working right. on some things in app to, to make that easier, make it more discoverable um, and and hopefully have the app be able to guide you through that. Um, you know, we'll still provide that great customer support, but how can we, you know, have product-led growth and, and really have the app kind of lead you through the, the process. Um, other things is, you know, looking at our uh, new proposal editor. Uh, we, you know, mm. that was basically built from the ground up a couple of years ago and still, you know, filling in and building around that. So something like deposits is something we're, we're releasing in the coming weeks, which I can speak about. So making it really easy to, mm, to take a good. deposit up front. Um, and then ultimately, you know, the impetus of the proposal editor was to, uh, you know, solve for every billing use case. And I think we're still very, you know, passionate about that. So whatever way you want to bill your clients within our proposal editor, you should be able to do that. Yeah. So you're still embracing hourly billing, right? Yeah. Re retainers. The new proposal editor is nice. It's pretty sweet. I mean, I kind of always got lost in the classic one, mm -hmm. but it wasn't my job to, <laughs> to deal with it either. Um, but this one, at least I feel like even for someone who has very limited exposure to ignition, I find it easy enough to navigate, get the data I need. I don't, I can be self-sufficient. Whereas, you know, there are, there are tools out there that it, you know, at the age of 46, uh, the last thing I want to do is like learn another tool, right? Um, usually my, uh, younger staff, you know, 
they geek out to learning new tools and embrace new new technology. Um, so Ryan, you know, um, what's next for you? You're you're now the head of partnerships for Ignition. Is that um, partnerships across the United States, across the world? I mean, you've been there for a few years now. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm coming up on seven years. Originally started as an intern when I was in college, so I've, I've kind of seen the company uh, back then. We we had a handful of customers, so it's been awesome to to see the company grow, been able to you know live and work all over the world, meet a bunch of cool people throughout the process. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think in the in the last couple of years, I've been focused in on our partnerships. So the way we look at partnerships is. Ultimately, a way for us to to get uh, grow new customers. So you know, across the U.S., there's a lot of big uh, players out there, um, and I think we're mm-hmm. in the fortunate position where um, we really don't compete with a lot of the big players. We're very much complementary to what they offer. So you know, how do we go to market together with the likes of the Intuit, Zeros, Gustos, Thomson Reuters of the world? Um, and then ultimately, the second side of that is how do we build a a really awesome client experience for our mutual customers through integration um, and going to market together yeah. that way. Yeah, one of the uh, features that we've we've gotten to enjoy between Ignition and Carbon is the ability to push certain service items uh, over to Carbon so that it creates those pieces of work for that specific customer. That's been kind of nice. Uh, just to kind of give some visibility into our listeners, um, how we have leveraged that. Uh, we don't we don't just simply um, have an engagement agreement, let's say, with five different uh, service levels and then push uh, over to Carbon uh, pieces of work for each of those service items, right? Because th- there is some idiosyncrasies there, right? You can't just like push everything. So what we've actually done is uh, leveraging our customer success. We've created uh, in Ignition, we've created a service item called customer orientation. And we have customer orientation for new customers and customer orientation for uh, existing customers. Now, what's the purpose of that? Those two service items are embedded in every single engagement agreement that gets pushed through. Does it cause a little bit of confusion to the customer? Not really, because they said, oh, okay, this this service item I'm not paying for. It's, it's, it's there for you to take care of me. Okay, I get it. And then what happens is those two service items flip over to carbon. Now, the tax, the tax service item, the monthly accounting, uh, the FP&A, like none of that gets automatically populated. But what happens is the customer success manager now, because that individual owns Ignition, but also works in Carbon, that individual now has pieces of work called customer orientation. And what is the purpose of customer success? It's to orient the customer, right? So now that individual can go in and say, okay, according to the engagement agreement, I need uh, an accounting onboarding job. I need a. Uh, I need to have a communication with the tax team that there is a new uh, C corp tax return come out. I need to communicate with the accounting onboarding team because we've got a new customer, or I'm raising prices, or there's a change of scope, right? So that's actually been nice because it allows us to track what's happening in the engagement agreement side of the business and making sure that you know because there's a lot of balls in the air, making sure nothing falls. So. That's a little, little, a little trick that we've uh, come up with because you can't. We felt like we can't just push every single service item over to carbon because then I would just 
blow up carbon and you'd still have to go in and tweak things and it would get lost. So yeah, it's a really good point thinking of, you know, not ever is every service a work item and what services could go in, you know, maybe multiple serve <clears throat> or multiple work items are within one service or vice versa. So uh, yeah, that's a, a pretty good tip for any uh, carbon ignition users. I'd, uh, I'd recommend you, you implement something like that as well. Are you guys planning or having any uh, user experience conferences specifically for Ignition this year, virtually or in person? Uh, TBD, I think it's something we'd love to do. I mean, I think historically the way, you know, we, we kind of went global from day one. Um, so guys yeah. started Ignition in Australia, but, you know, he realized, you know, the, the market was so much bigger and we wanted to not only solve a problem in Australia, but around the world. So uh, from early on, we had folks on the ground in the U.S., Canada, U.K., um, and events was really how we got to know each other, um, build community, gain trust. So, um, yeah, I, it's been a bit of a bummer. I mean, with, with COVID, the, you know, events have always been a really good channel for us, and we've always enjoyed getting in front of our customers and getting people together, having pre-con parties. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're working yeah. through that at the moment for, for this year, but, you know, hopefully we'll catch folks at... Um, you know, certain industry events. And then, you know, hopefully someday we'll, we'll be able to bring together people together on our own as well. Yeah. Because now that you're expanding beyond the community, the original community, how do you build community across multiple, if not hundreds of different industries? Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing now is, you know, our focus is very much still accountants, bookkeepers, tax professionals. You know, we, we have the domain expertise there. The product is really built for it. Uh, the way we see getting into other, um, you know, other industries or verticals is, is via accountants. So, you know, as many conversations we've had before, you know, you've recognized certain ones of your clients that, that could use a system like Ignition. So, you know, ultimately we see accountants as the way to get into those other verticals without, you know, having to build out a team for every single different vertical. And if you look at the success of many of the um, players in the space, you, you look at the Gusto, Zeros, QuickBooks Online through the world, a lot of their growth, Bill.com has been, you know, through the accountant's channel. Yeah, it's funny because, so we are, so a little bit of like insight, we're in the process of starting a new um, P&L in our business. And the PL is going to be focused on process optimization and the whole world of no code, low code uh, app development for the purpose of like moving data. Nice. And why am I bringing that up? Because there are so many tools out there like Ignition and all the other tools in our ecosystem, right? All those apps that you don't have to worry about no code, low code, right? You just have to know how to do process mapping. You have to understand value streams. You have to understand how data moves. And then you got to be able to like, you know, chart out some spaghetti maps to understand how things move, right? Data tools, uh, data and widgets. I was just having a conversation. Uh, the customer's name is Venture PR. They're out in Los Angeles and they are a, a PR marketing uh, agency. And one of his pain points, one of his challenges was invoicing, right? Invoicing and collections. Yep. And he's like, can you guys do this for me? And I said, no. <laughs> I was like, no. Why are you going to, why do you want to pay me to do this? <laughs> when there's this great tool, Ignition, that you already interact yeah. with, 
it does everything you need. Why are you going to pay? Why are you going to pay me to do this? And you know, not for nothing, but it's not like we have low-level bookkeepers anymore. Yeah. Right? Those days are so long gone. Yes, we do have entry-level professionals, accountants, but we don't have Betty the bookkeeper in the corner entering data any longer. I was just like, you need to take a look at Ignition. And and then then he obviously comes back and says, so how much would it cost for you to implement Ignition? I said, no, you have to implement it because there's a learning curve and you're going to discover that I'm happy to like, yes, I can help you and... Yes, of course I can help you, but I'm not going to implement it. You have to go through that journey because you're going to learn something about your business, and it's and it's going to be important. The scoping of the services, you know how how uh, data moves from you know to your general ledger from the system and the money's movements. It's important for business owners to know that. I think so, anyways. So yeah, no, it's like a no, it's a total no brainer when people are like, can you do my invoicing? And I was like, what kind of invoicing is it? Oh, it's just like monthly retainers or monthly. I was like, why don't you use a commission? It's <laughs> a good point. As we kind of wrap it up, I wanted to touch on, so part of the theme of uh, this podcast is about the evolution of finance as a service, you know, moving away from that traditional CPA accounting mindset to a more forward-looking, stronger partnership, extension of the management team, uh, really bringing your trusted advisor hat on, right? Um, Helping customers or clients uh, understand business strategy and understanding the direction and whether or not they're actually on the right path. Are you seeing more as as firms are joining Ignition? And I get it, you're expanding your industry focus, but you know, in the accounting world, are you seeing more as as customers are being onboarded and they're creating these templates? Is it is it less about the tax and the bookkeeping, and you and is it more about CAS or finance as a service or FP&A? Yeah, I mean, I think we ultimately see that, you know, a lot of firms, when they get going with Ignition, they'll probably start with a tax as that's probably the one thing that, so if they're tax heavy or bookkeeping heavy, for this example, we'll use tax, um, you know, that way they can start to think about, okay, which clients get which tax service, how are we pricing those? Maybe they're moving to more of a deposit upfront for some of those services instead of all um, billing after the fact. Um, so I think what we'd see is most firms will probably get going with something like their tax services and get comfortable. And then from there, they can start kind of seeing about how they transition clients to different services. Um, you know, in the case you mentioned finance as a service, I think that's not an overnight transition for, for many firms. So I think, you know, I think when firms really start to, to dig into that, they might test it out with a few clients and, and see if that's a service they can provide and deliver. Um, and then they figure out how they scope and price that with Ignition. But, you know, ultimately I think we see it, it's definitely, it's not an overnight switch in any of these things that a lot of firms, you know, they might get going with Ignition, but transitioning clients to recurring re- services or recurring revenue, um, that's going to happen over the course of a couple of years, perhaps. Um, yeah. And they're learning as yeah. they go and they figure out, I think Ignition, as you, you might have learned, um, you know, you learn as you go. You maybe made a mistake pricing a service once, but, you know, try again next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's why you review scope. Um, and, and hopefully we have the ability to, to show you where things might be out of scope and, and help you adjust accordingly. But yeah, I think uh, definitely not an overnight change and, you know, firms learn as they go. 
Yeah, it takes time and uh, you need those feedback loops, right? You can't wait for you can't wait 12 months for those feedback loops. You need tighter feedback loops, both data and it doesn't all have to be like quantitative yep. data. It can also be like a conversation with your team leader, your customer lead, like how is it going with that customer? Are they seeing the value or are they just sucking way too much value on us? All right, Ryan, I appreciate it. And um, looking forward to seeing you in San Diego at Accounting Web. That will be fun. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. It's been uh, a pleasure and uh, look forward to catching up in person it's, soon. Yeah, totally. It's been a fun ride with you guys and appreciate uh, you guys are so core to our tech stack. And uh, I hope other firm owners, you know, I hope other firm owners is like they see it like the days of like Word docs and DocuSign and oh, I do not miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. So that's this week's FAS Evolution. We really do appreciate you joining us. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out at growthlabfinancial.com.